welcome to the Actually Autistic Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Onstad. Today I'm going to talk about autistic versus holistic social styles. Autistics are often highly empathic, but we express it in a different way than holistics do. We often bring up a similar experience from our own lives to show how much we understand what the other person is going through. If we are talking to another autistic person, then that expression of sympathy is usually understood and appreciated. However, if we are talking to an holistic person, then they usually think we are trying to compete with them and bring the attention onto ourselves. Holistics tend to be very concerned about status and are usually distressed when they perceive the focus to be on someone that they consider to be less than, or at least less important than them in the current discussion. Autistics often have a passion for justice and the truth. This trait is often at odds with the holistic priorities of not rocking the boat and avoiding bringing up unpleasant subjects. Autistics are often accused of being too blunt or too much. That's holistic code for, stop forcing me to deal with this honestly. I can't minimize your trauma if you continue to articulate it so clearly. In other words, it makes us hard to ignore, which is really the whole point. So if somebody is telling you that you're bringing it up too much or whatever, uh, those aren't the people that you want to be talking to, if you can at all avoid it. Another difficulty is conflicting body language styles. I found this useful description in the article, Different, Not Deficient, Autism and Communication in Adults at LaConcergePsychologist.com. I'll spell that for you. L-A-C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E P-S-Y-C-H-O-L-O-G-I-S-T dot C-O-M. LaConcergePsychologist.com. And this was uh, the part of that essay under the heading Nonverbal Communication. Begin quote. Holistic people typically rely on a lot of nonverbal communication by moderating their facial expressions, body position, tone of voice, etc., they intend to communicate much more than their words alone. Even a subtle signal, such as their proximity to a person, might be designed to send a message. While an holistic person would easily interpret such a signal, an autistic person might miss or misinterpret it. This disconnect is a frequent cause of misunderstandings in holistic autistic conversations. For example, an holistic conversation partner might interpret a lack of eye contact as a lack of interest, even if the autistic person is excited by the conversation. By reducing their sensory input, the autistic person can be better engaged in the conversation without being overstimulated. The holistic reliance on nonverbal signals also puts pressure on autistic people to resist engaging in adaptive behaviors. An autistic person might feel the urge to look out the window, stim, or leave the conversation temporarily as a form of self-regulation. At the same time, they might be reluctant to do these things for fear their behaviors might be misinterpreted as disinterest, disdain, or dismissal. End quote. Of course, one of the biggest complaints that holistics have is that autistics don't maintain enough eye contact or do it in the wrong way. 
The implication is that conversation with an holistic is not possible without eye contact. But is that really true? In many cultures, frequent eye contact is considered rude and invasive. And realistically, conversations between holistics occur all the time without eye contact. Otherwise, conversations in a car between the driver and a passenger would be extremely rare and somewhat dangerous. And telephone calls between holistics would be extremely brief. Honestly, the eye contact issue just seems like another way for holistics to impose unnecessary control on autistics. Now this excerpt from the essay 12 Things to Know About Holistics was written by Alex Lowry in 2014. I recommend checking out their website alexlowry.co.uk and I'll spell that for you. A-L-E-X L-O-W-E-R-Y dot C-O dot U-K. Alex has a lot of cool stuff in there about being autistic. And uh, this essay that Alex wrote is meant to be tongue-in-cheek. Begin quote. People with holistic disorder like eye contact. Yes, can you believe it? They like to stare directly into your eyes when they talk to you which might make you feel uncomfortable, but we need to make allowances for their social differences. Many people with the holistic disorder may even feel that you are dishonest if you don't give them eye contact. Holistics can be very obsessive and rule-based. For example, they may believe no one should wear shirts that are creased. They may even be obsessive about the way you hold a knife and fork, insisting that it has to be a set way. In severe cases of holistic disorder, you may find that individuals will shelf books or DVDs in a really disorganized way. They may even place books upside down and have a series all muddled up. They can't help it. They just don't know any better. They're simply unable to notice these mistakes that the rest of us take for granted. One very common trait of the disorder is to say some illogical things, like claiming their dog is the best dog in the world, which honestly makes no sense because they clearly haven't met every dog on the planet. So how can they possibly know? End quote. Well, I don't know if that's an holistic trait. Obviously, my dog is the best dog. <laughs> but anyway, that's clearly a tongue-in-cheek essay, and there's more to it at the website. Uh, again, the, the name of the essay was 12 Things to Know About Holistics. And... You know, it, it's written in such a way that many articles are written about autistics. And so Alex has done something where he just kind of flipped the language around while still bringing up some truths there about the way holistics tend to behave. Another term for this difficulty in bridging communication styles between autistics and holistics is called the double empathy problem. And if you want to know more about the differences between autistic and holistic communication styles, that's a good phrase to search under online. Now, here's your comforting words of the day. The reality is that the person most likely to remember what felt like an awkward social interaction to you is you. Most people don't remember those things. I know, I know it happens, and in a sense, it almost doesn't matter, right? Like, you're the one who did it, you're the one who's remembering it, you're the one who's cringing. 
but it really does comfort me to remember that I'm just not that important in most people's lives and most people's memories aren't that great anyway and you know they're not gonna they're not gonna remember it they probably even if it happened yesterday they probably don't remember it now and they for sure won't remember it six months from now so just I know it's hard but try to let that stuff go if you can and a lot of times we're just getting worked up over nothing over a situation that maybe wasn't even that awkward like this is a, a little different but sometimes I've had communications online it was a post or a comment or an email and when I'm doing my you know middle of the night torturing myself with memories of every possible awkward social exchange. And I'll, I'll think about one of those exchanges that I had online. And the thing is, like, I can go look at it later and decide how terrible it is. And you know what? It's never as bad as what I'm thinking. Like, I, I've, I've usually phrased things pretty gently. So try not to beat yourself up over it. Obviously, you're not the only one who's ever been socially awkward. It's okay. Now, here is your joke of the day. To be clear, I do not write these. I steal them fair and square from anonymous lists on the internet. I just got kicked out of a secret cooking society. I spilled the beans. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with me on this mini-episode of the Actually Autistic Podcast. If you are interested in hearing more of my content and like Shakespeare, then you are in luck. I have two podcasts, one called There Will Be Body and another one called The Twelfth Night Podcast by Rose City Shakespeare. I wrote a book called A Midsummer Night's Dream, Illustrated Handbook and Encyclopedia, and I'm also on a role-playing game podcast called Shattered Worlds RPG. I'll be back tomorrow. Thank you for being Actually Autistic.